Andy mentioned that tonight we are starting a new series here uh, at Threads. Uh, we are starting uh, a series called Lose the Streak. And there are going to be three talks. And this evening's talk, my talk right now, uh, is going to be around lose the streak, lose the beef. Can you turn to the person next to you and go, beef? And then turn to the person that you don't like quite as much as the person that you just did that to and go, Beef. Oh, you guys are rubbish at that. Okay, so we're going to talk about beef this evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about conflict. Now, uh, what I would like to do is I would like to just do a little survey with you. So can I, I know you've just got comfortable. Could I ask you all just to stand up for me? Oh, standing up, such a big deal. Okay, so this is like a stay standing up if kind of situation. Okay, so I'm going to read through a little list of things. And I want you to stay standing up if this thing is true. Are you ready? I'm going to crouch down so I can read my notes. Stay standing if you have ever had beef or conflict with somebody. So that could be friends, family, someone online. Okay, so stay standing up if that is true. Fantastic. Say, stay standing up if someone has said something unpleasant about you ever. If someone has ever said anything unpleasant about you, stay standing up. Okay, great. Stay standing up if you have ever said anything unpleasant about anybody else. I mean, I'm still standing up here. I will sit down when it's appropriate for me to sit down. Um, okay, next one. Stay standing up if you have ever regretted anything that you have said in the heat of the moment. Okay, we're doing well. I mean, at least most of us are on the same page here. Okay, final one. Stay standing up if in these beef regretting what you've said situations, either you or the other person got hurt or felt hurt from as a result. Okay, you guys can all sit down. Fantastic. So that was like 98% of the room just had a lovely little stand-up. Now, um, the thing about conflict, the thing about beef, is that it's relevant to all of us. Now, there will be some people in the room this evening who this is a really, really live issue for. There'll be stuff going on with you right now, and even if I'm saying this, you'll begin to feel a bit hot and uncomfortable because you know that this is you. There'll be other people in the room who maybe fell out with someone or have fallen out with someone weeks, months, years ago, but you know that that situation did something to you and you still carry hurt from that. And that is what we're speaking about this evening, this idea of conflict and beef. But before I get into it, there are three things that I just want to get us all on the same page with about this beef situation. Firstly, beef hurts. Um, whether it's stuff that you've said or stuff's been said to you, we get hurt by this. And so what I say tonight, I don't say lightly. In fact, if I was doing this talk in main church on a Sunday morning, there is not much that I would change about it. And so this is a kind of go hard or go home talk. It's going to be quite intense. It's going to be quite to the point. So I need you guys to make sure you're paying attention. If you take notes, I want you to be taking notes. I need you to be clued in because we're going to go real fast tonight and real deep as well. So I need you to be with me uh, as we travel through. So that's the first thing, beef hurts. The second thing that I would say is that beef isn't always your fault, okay? So it might be that you find yourself in a position of really destructive conflict and actually what's happened isn't all down to you. There's another person to blame in this situation as well. But this leads me to my third point, that actually it is possible for them to have all the beef in this conflict and you to live a beef-free life. And that is what I want to promote this evening, ladies and gentlemen, a beef-free existence. How many of you guys are meat eaters? How many of you guys eat beef? Like actual beef, like cow beef? Yeah? Okay. So, Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you a little bit about actual beef. You see, in the last few years, 
people have realised things about beef. They've realised certain things. They have realised that beef, actual meat beef, is actually really, really bad for the environment. Some people would even go, get a little clap, even go as far as to say that giving up beef is better for the environment than if you gave up your car. Like, beef has such a negative effect on the environment. And there are three big ways that it has uh, a negative environment. You see, beef takes up loads and loads of space. You see, you've you got to have all these cows to make the beef that we have. And actually, beef takes up loads and loads of space. And because it takes up so much space, other things need to just be destroyed to have beef and, to ta and, and uh, other things need to be destroyed in order for beef to exist because it takes up so much space. There's also loads and loads of energy that is used in keeping the source of beef alive. Absolutely loads and loads of energy. So it affects the environment that we live in. Also what the cows release into our environment, their little farts, that affects the atmosphere that we live in. And so do you know what this comes down to? Beef takes up space. Beef takes up energy. And most of all, Beef negatively affects the environment of the atmosphere that we live in. And whether you're talking about cow beef or conflict beef, it is exactly the same. And so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I want to promote that we are going to go beef free, conflict free. Meat is your choice. I will leave that between you and Jesus. Now, uh, I want to talk to you about conflict for a minute. Um, I have this picture on here. I'm pointing at the wrong screens. So most of you guys have met Archie, my dog. I can't, get, I can't do a talk and not talk about Archie. So this is Archie. Uh, you probably haven't, however, met Hugo. Now, Hugo is my mum and dad's dog. And they illustrate really, really well different approaches to conflict. Because I think when we talk about beef, when we talk about conflict, there are three different approaches. Archie has one approach. You see, Archie and Hugo will have a bit of a standoff over a toy. And Archie, his attitude sucks. He's got beef. He gets proper aggressive. He gets really angry. He's like, that toy is mine. I will have it no matter what the cost. And then he gets really angry and aggressive at Hugo. He's like, Rrr. and they fight over this toy. Archie has beef. Hugo, however, is at the other end of the destructive conflict system. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Elf, uh, the Christmas film, but this, this dog is like Elf in Labrador form. Um, and he is at the other end. Like, as soon as there's any sort of conflict, Hugo just lets go of the toy and says, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'll just lay down. I'm just going to lay down, and then he won't be angry with me, and it'll be okay, I'll do whatever you say. And sometimes when we get into a conflict situation, you might be that kind of person. You might not be the kind of person that gets angry and aggressive, but actually you might just go, yeah, yeah, sure. Just, I just want to avoid conflict. I'll do whatever you ask. And actually, either of those outlooks are really unhelpful. Because I believe there's a third option. And that is to have conflict, but conflict that is beef-free. You see, Archie eats beef, effectively. Hugo is more like a vegan. I reckon there's a middle lane that we can travel down that says, do you know what? Let's engage in conflict. Let's be different, have differences, but do it really well. Because often that's when conflict happens, when there's difference. Um, and what will happen is there'll be two people who have differences. They maybe speak differently or believe it's okay to say different things or act in a way that's different to the way you would act or, or do something that's different to you and it makes you mad. But do you know, I don't believe that difference means division. I don't think that difference means that we have to be divided. You see, when we get into uh, a place where we have conflict with someone, I believe that what happens is we have two options. We have the option to destroy or we have the option to create. 
You see, destructive conflict, that does lead to beef. But you see, God created the world really, really different. Every single person is different. You'll be really different to the person next to you. God didn't do that by accident. God didn't do that so that you could just have beef with them all the time because that's the only answer. I believe we're called to create out of our difference. Maybe someone drives you crazy because they behave a certain way. Do you know, I believe that God says, how do you look at that situation and create out of it? How do you learn? Learn about them. Learn about yourself. This isn't about beef and anger, but this is about creating. But how many of you guys know it is so much easier to destroy something than it is to create something? Destruction is the easy option. Most people don't know how to do conflict well. And so tonight, I want to look at what does it mean to lose the streak, lose the beef, and live a beef-free life. So I want to talk to you about the beginning of beef. We're going to go like right back uh, to the very beginning of time. Now, uh, if you guys know the story of uh, in Genesis about how the Bible says the world is created, you will remember that Adam and Eve are made, they're having a lovely time, and then Satan's kind of coming around doing his thing in snake form. And the very first thing that Satan does is play on conflict. The very, his number one tool to destroy who we are is conflict. He spots the difference between humanity and God and uses difference to divide. And he goes, right, number one, I'm going to create beef between humanity and God. I'm just going to cut them off. So that's his first thing. You see, Eve has an option to use destruction or creation. She uses to destroy. She destroys their relationship with God. And then Satan goes, well, that worked really well. They're obviously not very good at this conflict thing. I'm going to keep going if this is what works. And so by the second generation of humans, Satan is using the same thing again. It's only chapter four in Genesis. And after Satan has caused beef between man and God, he causes beef between humans and humans. First of all, let's destroy the relationship with man and God, and then let's destroy the relationship between humans and humans, and then I will be able to do pretty much whatever I want if I can get you on your own and speak stuff into your ear and speak stuff into your life. Because if I can get you to just destroy relationships around you, then you'll be more vulnerable to what I want to do. And so beef has been wrecking our environment really since the beginning of time. And so that's the story we're going to look at tonight. If you have a Bible or a phone, turn on your phone, get to Genesis 4. We are looking at the story of Cain and Abel, the very first beef in the Bible between humans. So let's have a read. Uh, This is Genesis 4, uh, just the first few verses up to verse 3. Now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, mummy and daddy cuddles, and she, (laughs) ooh la la indeed, She became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. If we could just keep that slide up a moment. Now, what's really interesting is at the very beginning of time, the second generation of humanity, do you know what God did? He made difference. He made difference between people. You see, you've got Cain, the first brother, who's this guy who works the ground, who plants crops. I imagine him being kind of hench, like plowing stuff and digging stuff with his second generation human spade, whatever that looks like. And then you've got Abel, this guy who's like a shepherd. He looks after sheep. I imagine him being maybe slimmer, walking around, following these sheep about all the time, stroking them, giving them a cuddle, that kind of thing. These guys are different. 
but you need, they need each other. Their difference means that they can learn from each other. One guy has all the crops. One guy has all the meat. They need each other to survive and to live. And so they're meant to learn from each other's difference, not be divided by it. And so they have an option. They have a choice. They have this option of choosing uh, to create or they have an option of choosing to divide. But unfortunately, they choose to divide. Can we go to the next few verses? So when it was harvest, time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, uh, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. You see, they had an opportunity to create, to learn from each other. Although they did each other's heads in to somehow learn something about themselves and something about their brother, but what they chose was to destroy. And so this evening, I want to talk you through what I believe are the ingredients to beef. And this is where it gets a little bit deep and a little bit intense. You see, I believe that the first ingredient to beef is pride. Now, uh, you might think about pride and you might think, well, if you're proud, you've like got a massive ego. Maybe you're really vain or maybe you're really arrogant. I'm not any of those things. So I don't think I'm that proud. And do you know, that is the first mistake we make when we think about pride. Because what pride actually is, is a preoccupation with yourself. Pride is about making you the center, about making everything about you. And actually, I think a lot more of us do that, maybe, than we would like to admit. You see, if you've ever been offended by anybody, offended by something that someone has said to you, offended by the way that someone's looked at you, the way that someone has behaved towards you, or the tone they've used, well, offense is linked to pride. It's about this thing of putting yourself at the center. And, and, and arrogance, yes, that is pride. And vanity, yes, that is pride. But that's like the positive side of pride. That's like the, I feel good about myself pride. But the hard thing is that there's also a negative side to pride. And I think the negative part of pride is insecurity. You see, if we are insecure, actually, that is also pride which sounds like a weird thing to say, but it means that if we're insecure, the focus is still on us. Our eyes are still inward focused. It's just not about how great we are, it's about how broken we are, how rubbish we are at certain things. We still can't see past ourselves and our own brokenness to say, well, it was never about me. And so whether you're arrogant or whether you're insecure, that's pride. And that is the first ingredient to beef. Let me tell you a practical example, because this, this is me. Honestly, guys, this, I have this. Uh, I'll tell you a live one. Yesterday, I went running. So um, I hate running in the heat. I really hate it. Uh, and I'm supposed to be doing a three peaks challenge, which is basically climbing three of the biggest mountains in Britain in 24 hours. I'm supposed to do that next Sunday. So uh, I, uh, I thought, right, I'll run up some hills. That's a good, that's a good start, isn't it? Run up some hills. So yesterday, I ran to the sun. 
Uh, and it was warm, and it was hot, and I ran up the hill, and uh, it got to the point, I don't know whether you've exercised this much before, when you either think, I'm either going to faint, or I'm going to vomit, or I'm going to vomit, and then faint in my vomit, and I was so close to the edge, and then I was running up this hill thinking, I'm not, I don't think I can do this, I don't think I can do it, and then this family stepped out onto the pavement in front of me walking their dog, and all of a sudden, I had an audience, and, uh, and I started running, and I was like, well, I'm not going to stop while they're there. No, because they'll think that I'm weak. They'll think that I can't run up hills. They'll make comments like, oh, bless her, it is hot. No, I'm going to show them. So I was like, right, game face, and I started running, and genuinely, I nearly died, the effort that I put in once this family had shown up. Guys, that was pride. This family are out walking their dog. Why do I even think they're bothered that this sweaty, burgundy-faced person is running past them? And why would, I, why would they care whether I run or not? They probably didn't even notice me. But my pride said that that situation was about me. That pride said that their focus was me, that I was the center of that situation. And so often I see myself doing this. Whether it's arrogance or whether it's insecurity, so often I can't take my eyes off myself. Do you know, if you've had beef with someone, if you've had conflict, this is really hard to hear, but I genuinely believe it's true. That other person, whilst you may have been the subject of what they talked about and the subject of how they behaved, I don't believe their behavior was about you. I believe their behavior was about something going on in them. If they slagged you off, if they spoke horribly to you, if they ignored you, if they were rude to you, yeah, do you know what? You may have done some stuff to wind them up and you may have been the subject of what they talked about and what they did, but I don't believe that what they did was about you. And so if we want to be be free, if we want to live be free lives, we need to lose the beef, we need to lose our pride and recognize that when people say stuff to us, mm, it's not normally about us, it's actually normally about them. Don't tell them that in the moment, it doesn't go down well. But maybe just take away and reflect on it. It's not about you. And so what does it look like to create in that situation? To destroy would say this is about me and so I'm gonna make it about them. To create would say, do you know what? What is it about them? that means they have to speak like that to me to make themselves feel better? What is it about them that means they can't handle me not spending time with them and so they're mad with me? And to create goes, let's address that issue. Why is it that they feel like that about themselves? Let's choose to create and not destroy. Okay, let's move on. So, ingredient number one, is pride. We're going to carry on reading Genesis and the story of Cain and Abel. So, Cain's offered this thing. He's offered this, this sacrifice to God. And rather than Cain recognizing that the sacrifice was about God, his pride told him that his sacrifice was about himself. And so God says to Cain, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected, so like, like downcast? You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out, because sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. You must subdue it and be its master. There's a second ingredient to beef after pride. It says it here. 
Why are you so angry? Anger is the second ingredient to beef. Now, I want to be really clear about something. It is not a sin to be angry. It's okay to be angry. I get really angry about certain stuff, and we should. It's not okay that people treat people in certain ways. It's not okay that, that people misuse other people or are rude to other people or neglect other people. That, it's not good, and it's okay to be angry. God gets angry about stuff. But you see, in our anger, we have a moment A moment when we can choose to create and a moment when we can choose to destroy. And that actually is what defines us. It's what you do with your anger in that moment that determines whether you're going to end up with beef. Check this verse out. Uh, It's Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Do not sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry for anger gives the devil a foothold. You see, it's not about not being angry. It's about not letting your anger control you. I don't know whether you've ever been in this situation. Uh, Most of you stayed standing, so I'm imagining you did. I also have been in this situation where someone does something and it does your head in and you say something or you type something in reply and you go, I know I shouldn't have said it, but I just couldn't help it because they make me so angry. You had that? I've had that. I've had it with Andy. I've had it with people. I do stuff because they've driven me to it because I can't stop myself because I get mad. It's that part that is the part that is destructive. It's that part that is the part that will lead to beef. And then this word, foothold, um, it was in in that verse. Um, I don't know whether a few weeks ago Andy did a talk and talked about what foothold actually meant. Um, Or like it gives it stronghold is another word that it says uh, in other translations. And it says a stronghold is a place where a person's thought can be lodged to support them securely. A secure position from which further progress may be made. So the moment that we let anger control us, it gives the devil a really secure foothold in that situation. And then he goes, this is great because now, now I can take some more ground. And for those of you who maybe, like me, have a character flaw on the anger front and the self-control front, I imagine you would agree when you said the time that you did that, things got worse. Because Satan goes, great, the beef has begun, it's a beef party, and he can just keep destroying and keep destroying and keep destroying. I've never spoken out of uncontrollable anger and gone, wow. I'm so pleased I said that. That's just made everything better now. It's never happened, said no one ever. Why? Because it leads to destruction. You choose to destroy rather than to create. And so what I want to say to you is if you are someone who out of anger, you react when when there's, there's negative conflict and your pride is hurt and you get angry and you lose it and you stay stuff, use that moment to create. Do you know what I will say about you guys that you are awesome at is removing yourself from a situation when you think you're going to lose it. I've known a few of you guys for a few years and there are a number of you in this room who a few years ago, if someone had wound you up, you'd have just gone for it. But actually a lot of you have got loads better at walking out the room. What I would say is that your phone has airplane mode for a reason. What does it look like to virtually walk out of the room? What does it look like to remove yourself from a situation? And when you remove yourself from a situation, what are you then doing to ensure that anger doesn't control you? Do you know what I think you need to focus on? 
And I don't think you need to focus on what that person said. I think you need to focus on why they said it. Because I think it goes back to this pride thing. Whatever they said, you may have done stuff to wind them up, but I don't think it was about you. I think it was about them. If someone says something to you that's like, oh, I just want to punch them in the face, then they're probably saying something because they are wanting to make you feel as bad as they feel. And in that moment, get angry at the right thing. Don't get angry at them. Get angry at the fact that someone feels so broken, so insecure, so hurt, so lost that the only way that they can make their situation right is to hurt someone else as much as they're hurting. Get angry at that. Get angry at that and do something about it. Be someone who creates, not someone who destroys. Okay, coming into land in a moment. Next one, Genesis. Go. Great. So, why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. Get that? Control you. Anger. But you must subdue it and be its master. So, one day, Cain suggested his brother, ooh, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. Now, it's escalated, people. You see, here, God says, this thing's controlling you. You need to let it go. It's like frozen. You need to let it go. Because if you don't let this go, someone's waiting to take advantage of this opportunity. But you know what? Cain couldn't let it go. And so the third ingredient to beef, after pride, after anger, is unforgiveness. Now, just to unpack unforgiveness for you for a second, I want to look at the definition of what it means to forgive, okay? So forgive means this, to stop feeling angry, we've talked about that, or resentful towards someone for an offense, pride, flaw, or mistake. To forgive, to stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense, flaw, or mistake. Do you know, it's almost like these things are supposed to make sense. And you have a choice. You have a choice whether you choose to create or destroy, whether you choose to forgive. And in this particular situation, chose, um, Cain chose to destroy. He decided that he would be the judge in this situation, that he would be the person that brought justice. Do you know, um, you can choose that. You can. But forgiveness isn't that simple for two reasons. Firstly, and this is the same with beef, if you choose not to forgive, say, say I hurt you, if you choose not to forgive me, honestly, that doesn't bother me at all. If you choose to have beef with me, it doesn't affect me, because I've let go. It's you that's going to get eaten up. It's you that's going to have the stronghold. It's you that's going to have to wrestle with some of this. The second reason that not forgiving someone is very dangerous is this Bible verse here. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. This was Jesus. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. I mean, that's not really about the original Greek. That's not about anything particularly deep other than exactly what it says. 
You see, the way it works is forgiveness, you can do one of two things, right? You can choose to go, right, okay, I am going to let go, completely let go, trust that God's got it and forgive everyone. Or I'm going to weigh up every single thing they've gone wrong and I'm going to be the judge and I will choose whether to forgive them or not. And God says, do you know what? That's great. You choose your measuring stick. You can use either of those. Forgive everyone or forgive no one and hold what they've done against them. That's fine. You pick. You just need to know that whatever you choose to measure them with, well, that's exactly the measuring stick I'm going to use on you. And so if you choose to weigh up every single thing that someone has done and hold it against them, man, I hope you've never said anything about anyone or looked at anyone funny, or unintentionally hurt someone, or lost it, completely lost it, and said something you shouldn't. Because whatever you choose, you get to pick. But that is what God will measure us on. Man, I don't want that. I know me. I don't want that. And so we have to really watch ourselves when it comes to this. We need to be people who choose to create, not who choose to destroy. Final piece of Genesis, and then we'll wrap up. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterwards, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? Oh, I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? Next slide. Thank you. But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you. No matter how hard you work, from now on, you will be homeless, a wanderer on the earth. It's heavy. What I would say is that the cost of beef is too high for me. It's just too high. Pride, anger, unforgiveness. My environment is far too precious for me to be taken on beef. And so we choose to lose the beef. Um, could we just go back to the one with verse 9 on? Sorry, Han, you weren't expecting this. So, uh, one back again. I just want to point something out to you as, as we finish. Okay, this C here. You'll read your Bibles and you'll glance over this C, but this C says something. You know, like a little asterisk that's right at the bottom? That C, if you look in your Bibles, that C says that in most versions of the original text, that that statement was actually left out of the Bible. And so what it really said was, one day, Cain suggested to his brother, and while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother. It makes no sense. Why on earth would they decide to leave out the contents of what Cain said? Personally, I think it's because it didn't matter. Because this was a heart issue. And Cain had already let pride and anger and unforgiveness get into his heart. And so it really didn't matter what was said. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter what's been said. It doesn't matter what's been done. The outcome was always going to be destruction if we let beef rule who we are. I'm going to finish in a sec. I just want to tell you one personal story before I do. You see, I believe that we don't have to let difference mean division. I believe that we can choose to create or destroy when it comes to conflict. When I was the age of some of you guys in here, um, I used to live uh, in Warwickshire. I grew up in Warwickshire. And um, I lived in a village. And most of my friends didn't live in my village. And um, there was this group of girls. And we weren't friends. 
And um, they, I don't know why they chose to have beef with me. Oh, but they did. And they were horrible. And um, they would do things specifically to try and make me have beef with them. So I was going out with this guy. I really liked this guy. And one of these girls decided to get off with this guy uh, because he was my boyfriend. And then she was kind enough to ring me and tell me afterwards on loudspeaker with everyone there. Of course, they would send me messages. Of course, they would do all that stuff. Sometimes they would stand outside my house at night and throw bricks at my windows uh, while my mum and dad were in. And one night they smashed a window and I was terrified. And um, they would do stuff at school. And I got to the point where I didn't want to leave my house anymore. And I got to the point where uh, in my evenings at home, I would turn off all the lights so they couldn't see I was in. I would shut all the curtains and I would hide under my duvet because then I didn't know if they were outside my house or not. I carried beef. I carried real beef. I carried pride. I carried anger towards them. I would not forgive them because it was ongoing and it hurt. And eventually one day I realized that this was destroying me. It was destroying who I was. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to try and choose a different attitude. And a couple of weeks later, I was in the girls' toilets at school. And uh, one of the girls, the girl I got off with my boyfriend, uh, she was stood in the girls' toilets at my school, absolutely sobbing, like sobbing into a mirror. And I have to be honest, I was quite pleased. <laughs> but I, uh, I walked past her and went to leave and realized I had a moment a moment where I could choose to create or a moment where I could choose to destroy. And I turned around and I went back in and I checked if she was okay. And I had a really brief conversation with her. But in that moment that I chose to create, something in me changed. And, you know, we would never be friends. It had gone too far. The, the relationship was broken. But I had no beef. I'd let go of my pride. I suddenly realized that this was about how broken she was. I let go of my anger because all of a sudden I understood why she had been trying to make me feel like this. And I found it in myself to forgive her. And just go, I'm not going to hold this against you anymore. And you know, they were still similar towards me. Their behavior didn't change massively. But over time, they noticed that my attitude towards them changed. And as they saw that I lost my beef, they began to lose theirs. And for me, that moment of choosing to lose beef, of choosing to leave behind insecurity, anger, pride, unforgiveness, that was one of the defining moments of my life. And I felt free. And so I want to give some of you guys an opportunity to do the same thing. Uh, Dan, if you want to come up. Um, in a second, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to ask you guys if you would like to respond. And I am going to do something that will make somebody feel a bit awkward. And I'm really sorry about that. But I feel like I've covered... You guys have been incredible at listening to me go on for so long about something so deep. And I kind of want to do almost a gen very general response. Because there's so much I've spoken about. It might be that you know that one of the things I've mentioned... Insecurity, maybe arrogance pride, anger, unforgiveness, a live issue of conflict, hurt that you carry from conflict that you've been through before, something inside of you, you know that whole thing about my heart, my heart is not right here and I need to get it right. And so what I'm going to invite you to do, uh, and this is a bit, it's a lot, 
but you're in a really safe space, is I would love you to just come and kneel at the front. And I, I'm not going to ask you to tell anyone why you're kneeling. You don't have to say anything. Because this isn't about us. This is about you and God and God doing something in your heart. And leaders may come around and just pop their hands on your shoulder and pray for you. But you don't have to talk to them unless you want. If you want to tell them, you go for it. But you don't have to. And I just want you to wait here. And I'm going to pray for you and we're going to worship. And we're just going to wait for God to do some stuff in your heart. I've spoken about a lot of things. And so I'm pretty sure that someone in here thinks, you know what, yeah, I need God to do something in me. I want to choose to create and not destroy. I want to lose the streak. I want to lose the beef. I want to be free. And like I said at the beginning, it is entirely possible in conflict for someone to have all the beef and you have no beef whatsoever. Yeah, it can happen. And so I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to invite you to just come and kneel at the front. It's pretty dark. And that's just about you and God. So Jesus, I thank you for difference. I thank you that you put people in our lives to show us stuff about ourselves, our own insecurities. You put people in our lives that are different to us to inspire us help us to think of things differently and be better people and stronger people but God we recognize that sometimes difference creates division and hurt and destruction and beef God we recognize that beef wrecks our environment but we want to live beef free lives And sometimes, God, that is us just addressing one thing at a time. Insecurity, anger, pride, unforgiveness, hurt, conflict that's going on right now. God, we want to choose to be be free. And so, God, as some of these guys are super brave and put their brave pants on and come forward and kneel, God, I pray that you would honour them, honour their bravery, by your Holy Spirit just beginning to do something in their hearts as they kneel on the floor down here, that they will be expectant that you're going to do that as well. So Jesus, for those who are still up for this, help us go be free. Help us choose to create and not destroy. Jesus set us free.